remember that summer was the first time I got my first check and I did not have a checking account. I was only 14. And my mom and my dad were just like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So yeah, I didn't really tell my mom about my account until I hit 30,000 followers. And I only told her because I was like, hey, I'm getting a check and I don't know what to do with this. this, 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 this. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, we have a guest that will knock your socks off today. It is Tiara Willis, a world-renowned influencer. But before we get to Tiara, it is time to celebrate Black History month. So make sure that you check out our collection of amazing Black voices of executives, leaders, and influencers with amazing career stories and brand journeys. And as you remember from last week, I have my buddy and partner in crime. It is Ingrid Hadley, the founder and CEO of ILH Possibilities. Ingrid, welcome back. I am so excited to be back. I had such a great time talking with you last week. Let's, let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. So I've got to talk to you about imposter syndrome because it is probably one of the questions that I get asked the most when we're talking about careers and really leading with our brands. So what's your take on imposter syndrome? Yeah, so I personally don't believe that. I'm going to speak for Black women. Black women should adopt this term. Black women are the highest growing segments of entrepreneurs and populations obtaining college degrees. You know, we found a way to create ate our own lane instead of getting in traffic with others, right? So <laughs> yeah. we, right? So we show up and here we are just purely amazing. And I think the challenge I have with imposter syndrome is it actually puts the onus on the individual as opposed to the systemic ills that create this opportunity for us to not be able to move forward. I think this is for all women. But Mm -hmm. when I think about imposter syndrome, it's a heavy load to bear. An imposter brings a tinge of like being a criminal and then you put (laughs) syndrome on it, right? And then it makes it feel like it's like female hysteria, right? Like when I I know, know, Right. When I know that we are like so confident and I'm, you know, when we think about putting ourselves in environments that don't necessarily receive us, we have to pause and make sure that we're moving forward. So how do we do that? Right. The truth is like, look, systemically, these are not environments where women belonged or even black women or black people. So how do we navigate this? I think we have to take a look at 
understanding what the system is and then how we fit into the system. And then if the Mm. system doesn't work for us, I think we have to begin to pivot out of the system, right? And to your point, Jason, you know, when we talk about being entrepreneurs, I'll take myself as an example. I think I was a rock star at NBC Universal, but I wasn't meshing and my career wasn't elevating. And it wasn't until I bet on myself and said, I can do this, right? I don't care where I go. I'm going to be authentically Ingrid. I'm going to show up. I'm going to work with people like yourself that really understand the value in me and that are going to elevate and edify me. Right. So I think that's important. I think we have to surround ourselves kind of going back to what I talked about when I talked about networking, right? Being in these environments that edify us and celebrate us, because if I'm built up, then I can go into an environment that may not be culturally aware of who I am. Yeah. And I love that because I've never even thought about that whole notion of your network as also building you up and helping reflect. But the truth is, if you have a great network of cheerleaders that are there for you, why the heck you're going to feel like an imposter when you show up places, right? Because you you see yourself reflected in other people. Right. And it's completely aspirational. I'll tell you, my network is filled with women that I completely admire. Completely. Women that are younger than me, that are older than me, that have had different career trajectories. But when we sit down collectively and begin to share our stories and our best practices of how we navigate this system, it promotes the awareness, the high five that says you can do this. You can get out there and you can do this. And then it is embellished when we can find allies, right? Like you're a great ally for me. I love the way that you elevate my voice. And vice versa, right? No, absolutely. I mean, again, I think I said it before is that we are absolutely better together. And that as a notion can be very kind of kumbaya. But the truth of the matter is if we really embrace that and really understand each other's strengths and their weaknesses, there are no imposters. We're all great and we can all elevate together. Yeah. And I know the reality is, is we all show up in some room sometime that for whatever reason, we look around and we're like, oh my gosh, like I'm not the pedigree of the folks here, right? Either because of tenure or expertise or credentials or, you know, all of those things. What are one or two things that you do to give yourself grace and then help you show up in those moments or even move beyond that notion or feeling. Yeah. So the first thing is, I think you know this about me. I'm a very spiritual person. And so I believe that doors get open for me that I'm supposed to be in, right? So I believe Mm. that once a door is open for me and I walk through it, that I'm supposed to be there. So I think the confidence that comes with understanding that, but confidence isn't something that happens overnight. I think when you have studied and you have proven who you are, you have to believe that first, Right. And if you need to text someone or you need to every now and then I'll text my girlfriends or I'll be on a You know, we have a girlfriend text chain, my colleagues, and I'll be like, hey, y'all, I'm getting ready to go into this room. And everybody bigs me up before I go in there. Right. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is to be just super prepared. Right. Understanding that preparedness and opportunity yields what we need it to yield, right? Yeah. It is so surprising to me that sometimes when I am nervous or I'm anxious before I enter a room, those are some of the best conversations, the best panels I've sat on, Yeah. right? Because there's something that fuels that anxiety, that 
fear and then overcoming that fear really takes it to the next level. And I think there's a certain level of vulnerability that the audience needs to see as well. Yeah. And I love because every time you and I teach together, right, one of the things you talk about is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? It's not just about where learning happens. It's also where you can come out of your shell and not be trying to be something you're not. You can actually come forward and share what it is that you need to share authentically. You know, I'll build on what you said, because what I realized through our conversation is it's all about identifying what's the value I can bring in this situation. You know, Ingrid, I will tell you one time I was invited by one of my mentors, Elliot Maisie, to go to Washington, D.C. with a whole group of big corporate learning people and education people. We were at like the Department of Education and they were asking us, you know, what is it that we needed to do to help people from an educational standpoint be effective members for big corporations to drive our economy? And I was like sitting around the room like, oh my gosh, like why am I here? <laughs> Washington, D.C. Like, these people are like these, like, major educational people. And then I had to hit the pause button and go, like, I was asked to be here. That's right. And what is that perspective that I have that none of these people have? That's right. That I can, like, chime in and actually bring like these nuggets of value that represent and advocate for like a whole different type of people in a whole different kind of industry. So I love all of your ideas around imposter syndrome. I know we're going to continue our conversation next week, and we're going to talk all about the power of authenticity. So I'll talk to you next week, Ingrid. I can't wait. See you then. Thank you, Ingrid. And today's guest is world-renowned influencer, Tiara Willis. Now, upon graduating high school early with honors at the age of 16, Tiara had already built a social media empire, providing tips, trends, insights, and information to her loyal followers. Starting her influencer career at just 14, now a 21-year-old Gen Z cultural expert, Tiara leads a community of nearly half a million devoted supporters and followers. Her vibrant and well-respected brand empowers and motivates diverse women of color to be their best selves inside and out. Now, you have seen Tiara featured in iconic beauty media outlets, including Vogue, Teen Vogue, Allure, Elle, Pop Sugar, and more. And she has done tons of brand campaigns, including HSN, Sarah V, the Target Times Ulta Beauty Launch, Pop Sugar Times Garnier Green Labs, and Burt's Bees, plus tons of collaborations with Twitter. She was nominated for a Shorty Award for her Burt's Bees campaign, which also led to her being the first ever beauty influencer to host a paid spaces on Twitter chat. We'll be back in just a few moments with Tiara Willis. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And 
and we are back. I have an amazing guest with us today. It is world-renowned influencer, Tiara Willis. Tiara, what is going on today? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm super thrilled to have you on because I know that you have done so many amazing things in your short life that all of us want to uh, want to learn from. Now, you have been a beauty influencer since you were 16 years old. You know, you have you know over 180,000 followers on Instagram and, and even more on TikTok and all of the other social platforms. So now talk to me a little bit about your career because, you know, I'm blown away. I'm almost 50 years old and here you've accomplished so much just at the age of 21. But take me back to how you really started in this space. I mean, I know that you are a smarty pants because you graduated high school, you know, at 16 years old and and, and you've been leveraging social media as an entrepreneur ever since. How did you even get into this space of being a business person leveraging social media? Um, So actually, I started my platform when I was 14. I was actually just started my freshman year of high school. Wow. And at that time, my mom had not allowed me to wear makeup for for years. I wanted to wear makeup since I was like 10 years old. I grew up in the age of YouTube and like makeup tutorials. So I was always obsessed with that. But my mom didn't really allow me until... Um, my eighth grade graduation was the first time. So then starting high school, I could actually wear makeup. But even though I only started really wearing makeup regularly until high school, I had already been researching and watching videos. So what had happened was that I kind of became like the expert to all of my friends and they're always asking me for advice. So I was like, well, why don't I just make a platform so you guys can all look at my advice on there. Um, and I specifically named it Make for Women of Color because at that time it was very difficult to find, you know, girls that looked like being in the beauty space. This was back when, you know, foundations, foundations only had like eight shades and they would throw like one or two of them being, you know, brown or for darker skin tones. So it was kind of difficult, you know, to find products that looked good on us and then also finding, you know, inspiration because even on advertisement or on social media, I just didn't see girls that looked like me properly represented on um, the accounts or in the advertisement of, you know, makeup brands that I really wanted to try. And it was just really disappointing you know, watching makeup tutorials and wanting to try the products that everyone's talking about, but they didn't have a shade for me. So I wanted to create this platform where it could really be a community or a hub of information. So I can kind of be that sister um, to someone that I kind of wish I had. So, and, and clearly people gravitated to it to it because within three months I already had 10,000 followers and wow. just growing, growing, growing. And then once I realized that this is something that can like be real and like be an actual career, I went full speed. So um, after school, I would ride the bus to go pick up my brother from school. And on the bus, I would be working. I would be coming up with new ideas. I would be creating graphics and I would create threads and repost a lot of inspiration and network with other different, you know, makeup artists of color and really create a community. And I was sending pitches to different brands. I wanted to work with them and sharing my mission. And I got a lot of good responses and built a lot of good relationships um, to this day. So it wasn't necessarily something that 
I wanted to be, you know, a, a paid um, career. I just really like makeup. <laughs> and I really like teaching people. I really like like education. That's something I've always just been like at my core is teaching someone something. I am a big advocate of sharing whatever I know in my head with someone else. So, yeah, my platform or my career was not something that I went into it. Oh, I want to be an influencer. I want to make money. I just wanted to add something to my community. And then it just grew from there. And then once I realized that this is something I could monetize off of and that I could do as my job, I went full throttle. People always say about me, whenever I have an idea, I execute it as soon as possible. I'm never someone that dilly dallies. Like once I have an idea or make a decision in my head, I automatically go for it. Like I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm always adding more, always seeing what I can do more. And what actually ended up happening for me with social media is I made the decision to only use social media to make money. I decided I wasn't going to use social media for my personal use anymore. So I got rid of my personal Instagram so that I could really dedicate my experience on social media to being a career and also, you know, making impact within the beauty industry. And since a young age, um, I always think of my aunt where she always wanted to be for me to be an entrepreneur because I've always been a very creative person. I remember when I was in elementary school, I loved making hair bows. Like that was my thing. I'd make them for my friends because I thought Ariana Grande was so cool and she always had hair bows. <laughs> and my, I was like, okay, when are we going to start selling these? When are we going to start like making up something? Um, so she's, she always says to me, I knew you were going to be and do something. So yeah, I think I just turned my passions into a career. Um, yeah, and it just wasn't initially something that I intended, you know, to make money from. But now that I realized I could, I just took it as far as I could. Yeah. And what I love, Tiara, is that you really leveraged your passions, right? And obviously you have that passion for for beauty, but you also have this passion for like helping people and teaching people. But you did it in a way that you like found a hole that needed to be filled, right? Like when there wasn't a lot of information and even not a lot of products, and there's still not a lot of products clearly for women of color in in the space. And I love that you just were able to build a business out of it. Now, I've got to ask you this, because I can just picture you riding on a school bus, like building your business as we go. But like, what did your parents think? I'm I'm, I'm thinking of all of these parents who are going like, there's no way my kid's going to be an influencer. Like they got to get off of, you know, you know, playing on TikTok and there's nothing valuable there. What was the reaction of your parents? So my parents, funny enough, were actually kind of upset because it made our lives more complicated. So I started making money within the first year. I remember that summer was the first time I got my first check and I did not have a checking account. I was only 14. And my mom and my dad were just like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So yeah, I didn't really tell my mom about my account until I hit 30,000 followers. And I only told her because I was like, Hey, I'm getting a check and I don't know what to do with this. This brand wants to send me money, but I don't know what to do with it. So then, (laughs) so then um, my aunt, she worked at a bank. So 
she figured, okay, there's legal zoom and maybe we can try to create an LLC, you know, for her. So we may make a phone of color LLC under legal zoom. And then we go to try to go to the bank to open a business account with Chase. And they were like, you can't make a business account. You're too young. And we're like, what? But we made a business account on, on legal zoom. They're like, no, they should not have allowed you to do that. You're too young. Like the only way that you can have a business account is if you're like a child actor. So I didn't know what to do then. So we kind of just eyeballed it and just kind of rolled with the punches. Hopefully everything goes okay. Eventually I saw an accountant and I was like, I haven't gotten any letters or anything. They're like, well, if you any owe anything, you're going to find out eventually. So yeah, it, it was definitely um, a trying time. And now I'm very well acquainted with taxes and um, LLC corporations and, you know, investment accounts and actually now tell my parents on things that I think they should do for their taxes or, you know, for their retirement accounts or making the right investments. So again, I'm kind of always going back to teaching somebody or helping somebody through the things that I learned. I'm not someone that gatekeeps um, information, but it was definitely interesting to be a teenager making money and, not having any idea what to do with it. It's kind of like a good problem to have, I guess. And I remember... Exactly, a good problem to have. Yeah, and I would also get invited to events um, with different brands or to do shoots or or interviews, and I had school. So (laughs) my dad, um, I'd just take me out in the middle of school, and we would go to the city and like do a shoot. I did one shoot with um, Maybelline. That was like all day. And my dad was there just chilling, watching me do makeup. But it was interesting being in high school Um, and trying to get through all of this. And I also remember my principal, my guidance counselor, gave me a really hard time about graduating early. Every time I would be in the hallway with my friends, like we would start ducking her or like avoiding her because we knew that if she saw me, she was going to say, come harass me and say something to me and try to convince me to go to college. And then she would tell all my friends like, oh, like, don't get any ideas about what Tiara's doing. She's special. And I was always in the principal's office or the guidance counselor's office because they're always trying to convince me to do go to college. And I just did not want to. So I really had to stand my ground. Tiara, tell me, You've had all of this success, right? You've worked with all of these brands. You're making tons of money, right? You can probably think back and laugh because you're like waking, making way more money uh, as an entrepreneur than than probably that high school guidance counselor. Why now at 21 and here in 2023 are you pivoting your business to go beyond uh, beauty and makeup? So we really see the big change of how, you know, you can be successful in this one niche on this one platform and things completely change. So the reason I'm shifting is one, I want to keep with the wave. So I also had already done makeup and then I went to aesthetic school and talked more about skincare as just things and the times are changing. But now I want to make sure that I'm diversifying my income. So I'm not just relying on brand deals or, you know, affiliate marketing with it affiliate marketing, but also relying on now selling digital products. That's what I'm excited coming out with 
my masterclass because one, I know it's going to teach people about how to secure and negotiate their brand deal. We're going to talk about networking and creating a brand and learning how to read a contract and sending a pitch, which a lot of people my age or Gen Z don't really know about. Um, I think also too, in social media, a lot of people blow up overnight and a lot of kids or my generation Gen Z is just using their phone, you know, for fun and just enjoying their experience. And then all of a sudden they have millions of followers and then are have nothing. They don't know what to do with it. They have no idea how to monetize. So I've gotten a lot of inquiries from people's parents or huge TikTokers, TikToker, TikTokers with following three times the size of mine asking me for advice. So I always was giving free advice and I've created plenty of videos trying to help people out. But now I've decided since one, I want to diversify my income, but then also I think this is a really good opportunity to fill is why I'm going to come out with my masterclass. So I think it's a combination of wanting to, you know, have a little bit more financial security, but then also filling an opportunity that I see. Yeah. And so, um, Tiara, tell, tell me when you think about your brand, because you're now helping other people with their brands, how would you describe your professional brand? Give me three words that you would use to describe brand Tiara. I think the first thing I would think of is I want to say inventive, mm. Um, I think a part of my brand is always coming up with a new idea and being intentional about the things I do. Um, I would think, I think that's another word or just described as being intentional. So when coming out with a product, I knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't want to do something that everyone else does, like come out with merch or, you know, my face on a t-shirt. I'm like, who cares about that? Everyone does that. But what about something that people could remember me? for or something that could genuinely have an impact on someone's lives. Um, and then I also think my brand is very educational. That's something that I get complimented about a lot is where people always feel like they're learning something from me. And even brands that pitch themselves to me or want to work with me, the biggest thing they say is we love your content and how educational it is. So I think that when people follow me or when they recommend their friends to follow me, they say, hey, you should follow Tiara because she has a lot of advice on X, Y, and Z, or I've learned so much from her, or she's really helped me with my makeup, or she's really helped me clear my skin. So I would definitely say educational is another part. And then I think another part of my brand, I don't know if this is four or three words now, but community is my biggest thing where I'm not about just having followers or people being obsessed with me or how I look like. That's not what my brand is about. It's about community and almost having my audience is like a family. And when I ask them to do something for me in return, like they always show up for me because I think they just value, you know, my presence and what I add um, to their lives. And I just feel very strongly that my community really shows up for me, which, you know, being a black creator in this space, it can feel a little bit difficult because you feel sometimes unseen or unheard or even taken advantage of versus how I feel having my community. I'm just so grateful and proud that I have, you know, this audience that really sticks up for me and tries to support me in any way that they can. And I, you know, 
return that energy. Yeah. So Tiara, I love these four words, right? Inventive, intentional, educational, and then community and family. Talk to me a little bit more about the community and family piece, because I find it so interesting when you say, like, I just don't want to have a big, just a whole bunch of followers or, or fans. Now, this is the hard part, right? Is actually creating community and family. So what are some of the things that you intentionally do, one of your words, to make it about community? and make people feel like we're part of a family when when we watch and learn from you? I think one way that I really create community is being engaged with my audience directly. So again, it's not about my post or my pictures and then everyone's commenting um, under me or like whatever I'm talking about. It's more, a lo- I do a lot of outreach. So one thing about me is that as a licensed I have the most tweets out of everyone because I'm always responding to comments or to questions, or a lot of times I'll do an open forum an open Q and a, or I'll host a Twitter spaces, having people come on stage and talk to me, ask me questions or, you know, debunk some myths or just really responding to them. Or on TikTok, if people ask me a question in the comments, I'll respond with the whole video directly so that they can give an in-depth response, not just reading something, but, you know, getting that visual aspect. And then someone else will also benefit from that, right? Seeing that video. So I'm always open to communication and people feel like they have a relationship with me in that, hey, you helped me in this one area years ago, can you help me with this? Now I'm having this new challenge. And then also being an esthetician, majority of my clients were people that followed me online because that's how much trust that they had in me. So I definitely think the level of trust that I built in the community, the results that I bring and that people can also tell that I'm not just about a check, right? That I'm not just taking any sponsor deal or I'm, ta- I'm sponsored by products I don't use or using weird, sketchy products or giving this recommendation. I don't do any of that shady stuff. I'm very authentic and very real. And oftentimes when I'm doing a sponsorship, it's with the, someone that my audience knows that I genuinely like, and they're actually happy for me that I finally get, you know, paid opportunity versus bringing these brands, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, not getting anything in return. For example, when um, a brand or, or my audience sees that a product I'm recommending is getting sold out and everyone's talking about it. They often are tagging the brand like, Hey, like when are you guys going to start sponsoring her? When are you going to start giving her a check? Like, and, and just, I know not everyone has that experience, but with my community, they really ride for me and I'm just so appreciative of them. And they kind of also watched me grow up, mm. which is interesting. A lot of my audience is older than me. Um, and they've supported me since I was 14, which is kind of a big deal. And now that they've seen me grow up and they're just really proud of me and saw me graduate aesthetic school and saw me graduate high school. So I think just doing a lot of outreach and building trust is how I create a community. And then also too, I made sure to network with inside of my niche. So when I first started, I built a lot of relationships with different, you know, influencers and content creators and having those relationships with them, we tend to, you know, support each other and repost each other's content or, you know, talk about each other. And then you also get that, you know, level of cross promotion when you network with other people within your niche. But I definitely think in order to build community, you have to build trust and you have to, you know, build communication. So not everything being about you and your image or your videos, but 
having genuine conversations um, with others and giving them an opportunity to come to the stage and share their thoughts and also connect with each other, you know, within the community. Yeah, and and I love how you put that there, right? It's not just about being a content creator and doing, you know, a gazillion tweets. I love that you say, you know, you've got so many tweets because so much of that is about answering questions and asking questions and having, like, authentic conversations with people, which is something that we could all learn, right? It's not just about bragging about our stuff. You're really making, you know, your your audience uh, the star of the show. Now, I love in that you really talked a lot about intent intentionality um, and and making sure that you feel passionate about the co-branding opportunities you have, you've had. You know, tell me about a time that you've actually had to, like, turn down someone that wanted to pay you because it just didn't match your values. And you certainly don't need to name names. But I'd love to hear, like, what's some of your filter and thinking, like, hey, this doesn't get my stamp of approval. Or just because someone's giving me a, a, a check, this is not worth putting this in front of my community. Yeah, so some deals that I turn down are ones that have nothing to do with what I talk about. Mm. Like if a brand, a swimsuit brand comes to me or, you know, a tea slimming, you know, brand, something you drink that's going to make you lose a bunch of weight, I'm not working with that. That's, I don't care about that kind of stuff. And my audience certainly isn't going to care. It has nothing to do with what I want to do. And also that shows that this brand that wants to work with me knows nothing about me and my brand mm. and that they're just sending these mass emails. And when I want to work with a company, I want them to work because they like me, not because they're just doing this large outreach, but I want them to say, Hey, we like Tiara's content. We have followed her for a long time. We love what she does. And we really just want to have an opportunity to work with her. That's what I value. I prefer to, again, promote a brand that I have natural affinity for that have already produced organic content. I don't necessarily feel comfortable with introducing or having paid paid content to my audience with a brand I've never talked about or I've never, you know, done anything with. I don't want it to be something that's unfamiliar. I want it to be something that just makes sense for my audience and you know, for the brand that I built, I need to keep my credibility. And by just promoting anything and everything, I lose that. So I lose my credibility. I I lose my community. All of the things that are getting me, you know, brand deals in the first place, you kind of lose that by just taking any and every opportunity. Yeah. So I love that your brand is about as much as what you do as what you choose not to do. Yeah. Um, That is super, super interesting. Now, tell me, over the years, has your brand evolved? Where have you maybe made tweaks as you've become more mature in the space? Um, I would definitely say when I first started, I did not post myself at all. Like no one had any idea what I looked like for a very long time. It was only about advice and it was only about other people's work. So I would have people do takeovers on my Snapchat and do a makeup tutorial or share other people's content. It had nothing to do with me. And then eventually I worked up the courage to post myself and people really liked it. So I was like, oh, okay. Like people like, like me for me, not just you know, just about what I talk about with people like me. So that was definitely um, a big change. My content has changed a lot, but my audience has only grown. Mm. Like people didn't abandon um, the, you know, the change in the content. They, you know, stuck with 
whatever I was posting because at the end of the day, if you follow me, you're going to learn something. So people just appreciated that about me. And even now as I'm um, transitioning more into entrepreneurship, I'm still doing beauty because I do like that, but also talking more about entrepreneurship. It's also been something that people really like because even though I'm 21, I've been doing this for seven years. So really I'm like a veteran in the game. So I've learned a lot about, you know, having a business as a young person and, you know, have having a career as a content creator, which is something that a lot of people want to do now. Um, people don't want to do nine to fives anymore. They want to make videos um, like I do. So, you know, being a pioneer in that space. And I had a lot of free content that I would just post genuinely because people had a lot of questions about wanting to do what I do. And I just got a, a lot of really good response. Um, at one point, Uh, Twitter, I was working a lot with them and they had a new feature called ticketed spaces. So basically this is where someone can pay to join your space. And I I think I was the first person that got to have access to it. So I was like, well, what could I talk about? I was like, well, people like when I talk about when I talk about money and like how I make money in the space, how I grew my brand. I was like, so why don't we try it? I was like, "Ah, I'll put it for like 10 bucks and you can decide like how many people you want to be in this space. I was like, well, I'll put 200. I doubt that'll even happen, but let's just see. It sold out within a few hours. Like wow. I was so surprised at how many people <laughs> wanted to see it. I made like 2000 bucks in like before I even woke up the next morning and people were messaging me like, girl, I was sleeping. I wanted to take your class. Like <laughs> I, I, I missed it. When, can you make it bigger? I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I wish I could make, I, they didn't have the option for you to add more tickets. I'm so sorry, but you know, I'm going to try to do it again. Or people would even buy um, the ticket, even though they couldn't go to the space event because they live in a different time zone. So like a lot of my followers in the UK wouldn't be able to listen to it, but they bought the ticket anyway, because they could listen to the recording so it, i just got a lot of really good response and i realized oh man people really like this people apparently will pay for it so why don't i tap more into this so i created a lot more content about it and now i'm gonna have my class so i'm just trying to do different things um as i'm growing as an individual and just sharing um the things that i've learned um throughout my career yeah. Well, um, we could talk all day, uh, Tiara, but uh, I have some fun questions for you to close out. We've been talking all about your brand, but what is your favorite brand as a consumer? And maybe let's strip it out of the the beauty and skincare uh, space. What's a brand outside of that that niche area that you're obsessed with? Brand, I love Canva Ooh. for graphic design. Yeah. They make the best templates. Like if you're someone, you have a small business and you can't hire a graphic designer or you don't know much about that or struggle, Canva is awesome because they have really, really good templates. All you have to do is type in like sale or 50% off or something or schedule or planner and they're going to have something and you can automatically you know post that to social media or just use it for your own personal use they come up with really really good ideas they have a lot of cool fonts and even just they have you know a paid version and unpaid version the unpaid version is still really good but the paid version is even better you get access to so many things and I think it's a lot easier than using something like Photoshop or different you know professional apps this is really like graphic design for dummies. Um, You can even create like merch on there. So they have a lot of really, really cool things. 
Yeah, so it sounds like a great uh, career business hack to uh, outsource to. Now, Tiara, tell me, if you were a car, what type of car would you be? One car that I rode was, it was a BMW. That BMW drove, like, really nice. And I'm not a big car person. I don't really care about labels and all that. I just want a good car. But that was car was really nice because it also had the heads up feature where you can see how fast you're going on the on the glass. Like that's a nice car. I really yeah. like that. But then I also remember my Honda Accord. Um, that was the first car that I got. It was a 2009 Accord or 2007. And it was a hot mess. But I loved that car. <laughs> all sorts of problems it was my friends were like this is a hood car like it's the car <laughs> we we would be driving like through the city and the car's like shaking got all these problems but you know we're bumping the base and the carpet's coming off but like we're just having fun so i think it's like those two things where something like elevated and like you know extra for its time but then also something that's like no hood or like your girlfriend or your best friend that just someone you can hang out with and you know she's a little rough around the edges but you're gonna have a good time so i like i guess those two options they're di- very different sides of the pendulum but yes. i feel like i identify with both those things because i'm 21 and i'm a 21 year old i like to do things that 21 year olds do but then yeah. I'm also like a whole business owner in you know rooms with people much older than me and have a lot more credentials than i do so i think i can identify with both cars Ooh, I love that. I love that you're at like the intersection of <laughs> elevated and, you know, your 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 girlfriend, best friend uh, in, in the hood there. <laughs> now, um, Tiara, tell me, what's the best career advice that you would have for our listeners? And I know we have some uh, budding influencers, but lots of entrepreneurs and a lot of people that work for big companies and brands. What's the advice that you would have for, for all of those folks? Something that I always tell entrepreneurs that I meet is that they need to delegate responsibilities. So a lot of times people in their craft, they feel like they're the only person that can do what they do, right? So for example, say if you're an interior designer, they feel like no one can create a space the way I create a space. But I feel very overwhelmed with all the clientele that I have. I'm like, why don't you hire out help? Why don't you get someone, you know, to help you so that in that way you can make more money, really, if you have multiple people working for you. And the response is always, well, they can't do it how I do it. And I was like, yeah, well, you have to train them. Like, that's the part of the gig. You have to train people. Whenever you hire someone, they're not going to do it exactly how you do it. But at the end of the day, one, your mental health is going to improve because you're not going to feel so overwhelmed. But then now you also have time to you know, spend that time in things that do make you money. So what I've learned is to create a really, really good team and delegate responsibility. And then also understand that not everyone is going to understand what I do. And that's okay, because I can train them like that's fine. Someone doesn't actually actually have to be in my field or know everything about this, but I can train them to, you know, keep them up to speed. And then also too, when you have a team of people from all different walks of life, you have diversity. So when you have diversity, you have a room of different ideas. So I think one, having a team and delegating responsibility and realizing one, you can't do everything. There are only so many 
hours in a day. And then also you're not good at everything. So, right. I'm not good at math, but I'm going to hire someone that's really good at math or I'm not good at this. And I'm going to hire someone in the best of that field. And even if they're not, they're going to bring new ideas to the table. And I'm just very fortunate for the team that I've built. They're always adding something to the conversation. And I know that I benefit more not being alone and having other people with me. Ooh, I love that. And that is your community and family brand attribute coming through. Um, Tiara, it's been amazing having you on the show. Tell our listeners, if they don't already follow you, what's the best way to follow and learn from you? So on all my platforms, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Everything is at the Tiara Willis. So the T-I-A-R-A-W-I-L-L-I-S. So I'm on everywhere. Um, so if you're looking for any social media platform, just type in that handle and I'm probably on there. Well, uh, Tiara Willis, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for being inventive and intentional and educational, teaching us something, but most importantly, uh, for helping build community. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited and happy that I had this opportunity to talk to you and share a little bit about myself. Yay. And I'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Okay, now, if I just had the same amount of entrepreneurial spirit and wisdom as Tiara has at 21, at 49 years old, I would be blowing through the roof. What an amazing young woman to speak with. You know, she had so many great tips that we can apply as influencers in the expertise that we all have. But what really stood out to me about Tiara was this whole notion of combining your passions and your skills and know-how, but filling a need with your audience. One thing that I loved about Tiara was it wasn't so much about having a master plan. It was really about listening to her audience and following their lead. What did they love? What do they get into? And how can she add value to them? So as you think about finding that hole and filling that need, make sure that you are in listen mode. What is it that your career audience is gravitating to? Maybe that's what you should put the majority of your effort into. It's not a derailing move, rather looking at your career as a series of opportunities. Well, if you loved what you heard today, make sure that you are following us and we will deliver you a brand new show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast every single 
Single Tuesday. And we'll continue with our celebration of Black History Month. So check us out at leadwithyourbrand.com slash blackvoices to hear our full collection of our most popular guests who just happen to be black or African American. Now, follow me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And most importantly, in your career, do not be that boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are differentiated and a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.